0: And now we're joining, and look, we know that man. We know him. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I don't know why I couldn't hear
1: you there. How are you doing?
0: Thank God, how are you doing?
1: Doing well, Good. Good. Yeah, you're doing great. How are you doing, Arthur? Thank God, doing well. I'm glad to be here. Amazing, amazing the cheesecake finished by now?
0: Well, we remarked the other day, I think it might have been Sunday, that that was the first time in, uh, since Duntif that we haven't had cheesecake. <laughs> so we were a little down in the dumps without the cheesecake. <laughs> but, you know, you just that's tough. do what you can do, that's all. Two cheesecakes in three weeks, it's not easy.
1: <laughs> maybe at the start, preparing with the apple, you know, you know, the apple cake for or the honey cake for Rosh Hashanah. I don't know. Oh. It's a good point. Yeah. Okay. What do you don't,
2: mean, no? Don't give them any ideas
0: oh. yet.
1: Okay. <laughs> a little early for that. A little early. I'm
2: thinking I still have a honey cake down.
1: Yeah, there oh, is. Sarkowski's, how are you doing? Sarkowski's. Doing well, Rabbi. And you?
2: Hi. How are you? How's your family?
0: Thank God, everyone as well. Where is Alan? Where is he? He's not. I, I'm, I'm working <laughs> at hiding, plus. You're working at hiding? Yes.
2: Why? Well, as long as you're, you know, social distancing,
0: you can be hiding. That's right. Right. You're not in the witness protection program again, are you? <laughs> uh,
3: I was until you said something.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I let the... I let the cat out of the bag. I'm sorry.
1: Someday I'll tell you the story about a parent I had who was in that program when I was- Okay, all right. <laughs> That's a good one. A lot of secrets coming out tonight. Yes, there could be. <laughs> a lot of secrets. Joel, how are you? Good evening, good, good to evening. to oh. Okay, are we ready to begin? Yes. Or should we wait another minute? Okay, so tonight we have Parshas Shlach, the third portion of the week. Parshas Shlach. Joel, I'm waiting for you. Page number.
3: Oh, oh, oh! I'm so sorry.
1: No problem. You don't have to. If you don't know, it's okay. Seven ninety nine. Okay, we you have your replacement. Seven ninety nine. If you have the (laughs)
0: stone,
1: you have the stone chumash. At $7.99. Um if you do not then you just have to search for Schlach in Bamidbar. And if you find it good. And if not, just listen and we will discuss it and explain. And um no need to have the exact place if you if you can't find it. Okay. So Are you go
0: mute everybody. what's that? Are you going to mute everybody?
1: Um it's up to you. I mean I don't for now, as of right now, you can be on if you're quiet if you if it becomes if it becomes a problem. <laughs> if it becomes a problem, then we'll have to mute everyone. But um I'm everyone's more than welcome to talk and ask questions if they would like. Okay, so so um, this is Parsha Schlach, and this is the famous portion of the miraglim, of the spies, of the Jewish spies that were sent into the land of Israel to spy out the land, um, to determine if this land of Israel is really worth it for us to, um, you know, to enter. We're in the desert, the Jewish people are in the desert, the second year after, you know, only one year so far in the desert, beginning the second year, they're on the, you know, they're. the southern border of Israel. They're planning, you know, closely um, and quickly um, planning on going back, going into the land of Israel. And the Jewish people decide they need to send spies before they enter, okay? And as we all are well aware, the spies did not work out too well uh, <coughs> because they, um, you know, they, determined that the land was not good, was not worth it. It was scary, whatever. We'll we'll talk a little bit about the issues that they had with the land, but it wasn't good. And the land that God has promised the Jewish people from the time already of Abraham, from the time of Abraham, the Jewish people determined was not good because of the spies. They said, they gossiped about the land and that was a terrible sin. You will see that the results were that the Jewish people had to stay in the desert for 40 years and it was a terrible punishment and a terrible sin. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, let's go into a little bit of the detail of the story. Let's talk about some lessons that we could learn from the spies um, for our lives. Um, how we could you know, take some of the lessons from them for us. We have to remember before we even start that these were great people. These were great people. These were the, you know, Moshe selected them for their righteousness. They weren't just random people that were, you know, spies that we would think, you know, part of the CIA or, um, you know, the Mossad um, that are expert spies and know how to, you know, you know in every situation they know how to, um, you know, blend in and they know how to fight and they know how to do everything as spies would you remember, but that's, not, that's not what Moshe was picking when he selected them. He was, he was picking the greatest people in his tribe. Okay, he was picking the greatest people in his tribe, and still they sinned. So we, we have to realize that it wasn't, you know, on their levels, it's tremendous, terrible sin, but uh, we have to remember that they weren't, you know, they were good people. So we have to, you know, that's, that's something that we always have to keep in mind. We're talking about great people. Okay, so let's start right in the beginning. I forgot to write the page. Um, was it nine, 799? Seven ninety nine, okay. Seven ninety nine, and the first pasuk, the beginning of the parsha, Shilach Moshe limar, and God spoke to Moshe saying, "We'll go to verse 2 Pasuk be So after the Jewish people requested spies, remember this was not God's purpose. He didn't need spies, right? He thought he knew that God knows, and Moshe knew that the land was great. He knew the land was great. He didn't need spies. What's that? Is context
3: important that, that they've had um, uh, moaning about meat and that, and that uh, there's been all kinds of complaining and the rabble and that, that is that appropriate to set up Schlach or is Schlach separate
1: without any of the Okay, that's, Joel, that's a good point. We're going to talk about it in a second. It's the first Rashi in this Parsha talks about the juxtaposition of this Parsha to Parsha's by not club, not but not about what you mentioned. We'll see in a second. But I just, um, so the Jewish people wanted the spies. They were scared. They wanted, besides the tribe of Levi, they all, want to try, they all wanted the spies. They wanted mm-hmm. to see the land for themselves. They were scared. So God said to them, send for yourself men. Shalach send for yourself. It's for your own purpose, for your own good. Only if you want, and go tour the land, spy out the land, and no tour the Israel. So each tribe is going to send out one person from their tribe in order to um, be the leader of that tribe in order to, you know, to see the land. So this is not, these were not the Nasi, the prince of the tribes. These were just great people from each tribe, um, including, of course, Yehoshua and Kalev, um, who did not speak um, negatively about the land. So uh, we're, we're going to talk about, Joel was asking a second ago, he was asking, what's the reason why this parsha, this Torah portion follows? Is there a specific reason it follows the last Torah portion? So remember last week, parsha's balosra we didn't really talk, we, we focused on the beginning of the parsha, which talks about our own light and the candles, um, the Kohen Gadol, and we talked about the Pesach Sheni, the offering of the... The Pesach offering, if you missed the, if you were impure. But the end of the Torah portion last week by Losla talks about an incident with Miriam. Miriam, the sister of Moshe, you know, the great Miriam, one of the prophetess, right? She was, a, she was an unbelievable person. She's actually um, credited for saving Moshe's life because, not saving his life, but actually allowing for him to be born because back in the desert, back um, in Egypt, when Pyro made a decree that all males have to be thrown into the, into the Nile River, the parents of Moshe, Moses' parents, Amram and Yocheva were the greatest people in the, in the Jewish nation, they separated. They actually separated because they did not want to have a child that would have to be thrown into the Nile River. So they actually separated, And all the Jewish people saw <laughs> Amram and Yocheved, the leaders of the Jewish nation in Egypt, were separating and everyone separated. And there were no more children because they were scared of the decree of Paro. And Miriam, who was a little girl at the time, I don't know if she was more than five or six, but she said, you're in a certain, told her parents in a respectful way, you know, in a certain sense, you're doing something worse than Paro. She told her parents because Paro's decreeing males should all be killed. All males should be thrown to the Nile. By you not allowing, not having children, by you separating, and by you allowing, basically, everyone following you or leaving the Jewish people, there is gonna be no Jewish nation, even for females. So you're in a certain sense, a little bit worried, you're doing something worse than, than Paro. And her parents agreed to her because, she was saying something that was truthful and, God, and the commentators actually, the Chazal, the rabbis teach us that she was actually saying a prophecy and she was saying the word of God. And after they got back together, Moshe was born and we know the story of Moshe. And that's why Miriam waited at the river, the Nile River to see what would happen with Moshe. That's all because she, was, she felt like it was her acharai, her responsibility because she was really the one that got her parents back together to have a child. Okay, so we're talking about Miriam, a great person over here. She had, you know, she was a prophet. She's the one that had, in a certain sense, credit for Moshe being born. And she, in the last and the last week's Torah portion, did something that seems crazy, but she basically gossiped about Moshe. She basically gossiped about Moshe, her brother. This was together with Aaron, Aaron and Miriam together, but Miriam was the main one. They gossiped. They said and hara. They spoke negatively about their brother Moshe by saying. By saying What's that? By saying that's why we should be uh, mute, right? By saying that um, that Moshe saying that Moshe was doing something inappropriate by not being married or not living together with his having um, sexual relations with his wife Zipporah, and that was his lush her lush and hara, her gossip. She she was doing a you know, she really positively thought it was appropriate to bring to the attention of her brother that, you know, this is inappropriate, that um, that she's separate, she's separated from, that he separated from her. She thought it was appropriate. But on her level, it was not appropriate to talk, to say gossip about her brother Moshe, and as we know, this was one person Moshe was the only person ever to speak directly to God. And on his level, this is what God commanded him, once he was following God, um, on his level, it was the proper thing to do. And Miriam got Saras. Miriam was was stricken with this this terrible disease, which is translated as leprosy, but it's a spiritual disease, which comes for and Hara, comes for gossip. And she um, got this you know, white skin disease on her body. And she had to leave the camp for um, a period of 14 days because of her, because of her um because of her um, you know, her um, um Right. So that's last that the last week's partial. Okay, so that's really just the background of last week's partial. And the question is we're going to have, after Shalach, after this week's Torah portion, the next Torah portion is going to be Korach. And Korach, we have the famous story of Korach, the rebellion of Korach. And in that rebellion, Korach took on Moshe, right? Terrible, terrible, um, um, you know, a terrible sin that Korach did. Now the question is, the story of the Meraglin actually, in chronological order, happened after the story of Korach. So really, if you want to know the history in the desert, first there was the Lashon Har, the gossip that Miriam spoke against her brother Moshe. And then there was the story of Korach. And then only after the story of Korach was the incident with the spies. So the question is, why is it, Rashi asked this question, why is it that the story of the Meraglim, the spies, happens before the story of Korach, right after Parsha Balos, Balos, which discusses the gossip that Miriam spoke about her brother. So we what know that the, the Parsha, tor-
3: Wasn't that Parsha also the one with the rabble and the, the complaining about the, the meat and where Hashem brought so much quail? I mean, the, 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 there was, they were dissipating. They were complaining against Hashem and Moshe. And-
1: yes, 100%. But, but Rashi specifically mentions the fact that it's right after the incident with Miriam. And Rashi tells us something that is is an unbelievable thing. Rashi says, do you know what the sin of the spies was? Remember, the spies went into the land of Israel, and they basically said it's a horrible land. They said everything's terrible. They said everyone's way too strong, giants, the fruit is too big, something's wrong with this land, people are dying all over the place. They just had nothing good to say. Okay, Rashi tells us what was the sin of the miraglim, of the spies, they didn't rashi, believe Hash,
2: they didn't believe Hashem
1: hundred percent 100 percent Michael they did not believe Hashem but that's not what rashi says and you're on to the right track to question rashi rashi says you know what the problem with the, with the spies was that they should have took they should have took Musser they should have learned their lesson from Miriam Miriam went and gossiped about her brother they saw that she had Saras. they saw that she got leprosy because she said and Hara? They should have learned from her? Wow, speaking negatively, it's bad? And they should have not um, spoken negatively about the land of Israel. That was their sin. The sin was that they did not learn a lesson. So like Michael just mentioned, it's a very interesting thing. The Rashi doesn't mention their sin was the fact, their main sin was the fact that they didn't believe in Hashem and the fact that they gossiped about the land of Israel and the fact that they didn't have the proper belief that God is going to take care of them and the fact you know and all the issues that they had Rashi says the issue that the Jew, that the spies has was they did not learn a lesson they should have learned a lesson Miriam said Lash and hara. they should have learned a lesson let's not speak Lash and hara. so this is something very important for us to recognize and Rashi is teaching us something here and that is Although they may have sinned, the spies may have sinned with tremendous sins. They spoke terribly about the land of Israel. They don't believe in God. God said the land is good. What else do you have to worry about? He, you know, he did every miracle in the land of Egypt. Don't worry. He's going to take care of you in Israel too. But the reason, the root cause of their sin, says Rashi, was because they could have learned from something, from an incident that happened with Miriam, they did not learn a lesson. And Rashi is teaching us that if we want to improve in our lives, we got to learn, take the lessons from history. Take the lessons. This is something that they should have recognized. This just happened a few, maybe days before, a few weeks before, maybe max a month or two before that Miriam was stricken with Saras for speaking negatively about her brother. This should have been on their minds that we have to be careful with the way we talk. And they did not take, have that lesson in their minds, and that was the beginning of their downfall. Of course, that wasn't the main sin. The main sin was the fact that they spoke negatively about the land, and it was that they didn't trust in God. But the fact is, it all started from not taking a lesson. You've got to take the lessons from the past, from the history, from what's going on around us, and take those lessons and put them into our lives and figure out how we can learn from what's going on around us to improve, to be a better person. And that was the root, the beginning of their sin. The start of their sin was they did not see what was going on around them and learn a lesson from it. I saw a few hands up for questions.
0: Don't you think that that's still the same situation that we live with today? that people have, have read history. Some people have experienced history. Many people have read history, but yet continue to make the same errors over and over. And as time goes on and those errors are
1: compounded, it just makes everything even worse. Absolutely. This is 100%, Leslie, you're on that's true we have to learn from the mistakes of our you know past mistakes from the history of the world but you know it's not just the history of the world. what i did yesterday i could learn from every day i am supposed to be learning from the mistakes that i made i personally made what i see around me the mistakes i see around me and learn how can i improve um when i see something wrong how can i become a better person and that was the roots in because they weren't trying on their level, remember again, on their level,
0: mm-hmm. they were
1: not seeing or seeing what's going on around them, seeing what's important to God, saying Lash and Hara is a bad is, is terrible. Let's learn our lesson and not say lush and hara. But they didn't they didn't connect the two. And that's our job in this world is to connect different events. Seems to be random. You know, the spies, what does that have to do with Miriam speaking about her brother? It's a random incident. But our job in this world is to, to figure out and connect different, different um, areas of the world, different aspects of our lives, and see how we can connect them to improve ourselves. And that was the root cause or the start of their sin. Yes, Michael?
3: That was me. Wasn't the problem that, that they, oh, they took the, um, the view of the people and they were tainted because they, they went and they looked at the land through the eyes of the people, so they were negative as opposed to taking Hashem's view? So they brought back, they actually asked for the people and they took back those negative views, those negative attitudes, and, and that's what they reflected.
1: I mean, yes, I, 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 it does seem like the, the, the Jewish people as a whole were concerned about the land of Israel, but it was up to the Meraglim, it was up to the spies to come back and say, yes, the, Jew, the Jewish people maybe have concerns, but let's do what's correct and be positive and say the land is good. That's what we're, that's our job. That's what God wants from us, to go see the land in all the good. And they failed in that mission. Um, I think Mike goes first and then we'll go to Mimi. All right,
2: so, Rob, um, com- you know, committing lashanahara is bad, we know that. Was it, um, was the severity of the Lush and Hara that Miriam did, was the severity of it um,
1: exponentially worse, because of the person Moses was? That's a really good question. And it's actually interesting because I would say that it's not, there's no clear-cut answer to that because if anything, I would say perhaps it's not as bad because Moshe, the Torah actually says this right after it tells us that Miriam said and hara. the Torah says Moshe was the most humble person in the entire mm-hmm. world. There's never been a hum, more humble person than Moshe. Never will be, never was, right? He was willing to to he's willing to raise himself from the Torah. He says, "I don't want to be part of the Torah if you're gonna if you're gonna be negative, if you're gonna destroy the Jewish people." All he cared about was the Jews. He didn't care about himself. So maybe you might think that saying and hara about someone that doesn't even care—it's not a big deal, you know. He's so happy. If anyone has a complaint, you know, Moshe's—you know—he's willing to do anything for everyone. So you might think it's not as bad, but that, that that's not the right attitude, of course. Um, no matter who it is, you have no right to gossip. You can't just say, oh, this person doesn't care if I gossip about them. You know, that's not an excuse. But of course, there's, on the, on the other hand, Moshe, the person that spoke directly to God, you have no right to say anything that he's doing wrong is wrong. It's not true. You have no right on your level to not be Don Lacoste to judge him correctly. You have to recognize he's someone who speaks directly to God. He is an extremely holy person you should not be speaking about. Him. Okay, Mimi, thank you for the question. Mimi, Yes?
2: Okay. I can't help but think that, um, you know, when it says Hashem spoke to Moses saying, send forth men, if you please, and let them spy out in the land of Canaan. I I can't but think that Hashem knew exactly what was going to happen. And he knew exactly that no matter who Moshe sent out there, they were not ready to receive the Torah. They were not ready. That's a good. um, It was, it was not going to, um, it was not going to be good
1: for anyone up there. Right. That's a very good point. And 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 the commentators actually discussed that point by saying, why did Hashem allow it? He could have just said no. Don't send spies. Of course, if he would say no, they wouldn't do it. They would just say, okay, God said we want. But the answer is that God gave us free will. This is the concept of Bechira, that every man, woman, child has free will to do what he wants. He could choose to be good. He could choose to be bad. And God, even though he knows the future, he will never decide for you what you should do. And therefore, if they wanted to do it, he would allow them to do it. And of course, he would hope no, he's not a person, but of course he wants people to make the right decision. And that's what makes the world difficult. If, if it would be easy, if God would always stop us before we would sin, then we would all be angels. We would not be, you know, wouldn't it be difficult. Life wouldn't be difficult. And that's why we have, that's the most important concept. One of the most important concepts in Judaism is that we all have the free will to choose whether we are going to be good or bad, sin, um, do mitzvahs, Sometimes it's harder, sometimes it's easier, but um, on each person's level, they have the obligation, you know, it's an obligation to, dis- to choose good or bad. It's my job to choose good, and that's one of the most difficult things in our life. But that's why God would not just tell them, I'm sorry, no, you cannot send spies because I know it's going to end poorly because um, Hashem wants us to be able to make that choice ourselves. Okay, so let's continue on okay so so the spies were sent out they went um and the torah goes through and tells us all the names of the of the um of the spies goes through each and every one and then after it goes through and tells them um you know Moshe sends them out they went to see the land and i want to go a few pages later, I don't know, depending on what's, what book you have to, verse 32. Okay, verse 32. And they came back from, the, from their trip and they started speaking terribly negatively, you know, saying all the terrible gossip about the land of Israel. So does everyone see that? Verse 32, chapter 13, verse 32. What, what page? 803. 803 in the stone Chumash by Dibasa Aretz. And they spoke their har, they spoke their gossip about the land. Asher they spied up in Israel, telling all the people. Lamar saying, Ha aretz a share varnuba lasurosa eret o It's a land that's so bad that it actually consumes its inhabitants. The people that are in the land of Israel are consumed, eaten alive. And all the people there are, are, um, you know, um, giants, you know, large people. So the first thing they said is that the land was a land that eats its people. So what does that mean? So what it means is that they basically walk through the land of Israel for 40 days and every single day, they saw funeral after funeral. They're just, you know, the, the morgues were, um, were packed and everything looked terrible and horrible. And, you know, just funeral after funeral. But they didn't realize, what did they not realize? They did not realize that, that actually God did this for their own sake, for, in order to protect them. God did this in order to allow the spies to be able to roam freely in the land of Israel without people being in, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. What are these 12 men doing in the land of Israel all together, all these Jewish men? They're so busy with the funerals, with the mourning, that they're not gonna have time to focus on these spies. That's why God did it. It was for their own good. What did they see? They saw it, you know, as a terrible, um, terrible, something's seriously wrong with the land of Israel, everyone's dying. And then at the end of the verse, they saw all these giants, um, they said, this is a terrible land, okay? So that's what the Torah tells us. Now, at this point, we have to think for a second. They weren't saying anything that was not true. The spies came back and told their story. They weren't saying something that wasn't true. They're telling the truth. They literally saw people dying all over. It's not that they were um, lying. They were saying the truth. They saw people dying. So what exactly is so terribly wrong with what they said? They said, we saw people dying everywhere. It's a land that eats its people. Is that not true? Yes, they should have, maybe they should have realized you know, that it was God doing it, but they saw what they saw and they told, you know, they were good journalists and they were good, um, um, you know, they were doing their job. Their job was to tell, tell the people what they saw. So what was the sin specifically in them saying that there are so many people dying? That's what they saw. So that's what they said. I don't have any answers to that question. What was so bad about them saying that they saw people dying? That's the truth. That's what happened.
2: Rabbi, it's sort of like when you... Um... You see um, something from um, a distance, and, and you see uh, a perception, but it's really, it's not the real image. So what they saw was taken out of context. It, it wasn't necessarily 100%, not true, but it, it, it
1: wasn't in the right context. Right. Yes, and you're onto something. And I think that the answer is as follows. This is what you, this is, I'm just going to elaborate on what you're saying, Michael. And that is that they were saying truth, but truth is not just what um, is on the surface. It's your job to go beyond the surface. If you care about doing a good job in your life, in your mitzvahs, in your spirituality, in looking at other people positively, then it's not enough to just see what's on the surface you know look at the book at the cover of the book and decide based on that what you know what's what's the story here and the jewish people the spies they should have looked into it and thought about it and tried to figure out what possible reason could it be that there's people dying all over what's the reason did they even try to figure out the, the 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 reasons behind what they saw beyond the surface level that's what what was lacking in what they said they said what they wanted to say based on what's convenient for them without having to work to to you know do something difficult to actually figure out how to explain this positively and that was their sin we have to this this again this is something that this is something that is especially, you know, applies um, applies all the time when we speak, you know, God forbid, but when we, we sometimes um, sin and speak lush and hard or speak bad poorly about other people, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're so quick to say that we saw someone doing something, you know, wrong or inappropriate. And if we would think about it a little bit, you know, just think a little bit beyond the surface, then maybe we'll you know, maybe we will change and realize that they had a good reason for what they did. Or it's something called, we call in Hebrew, Dan Le list. they're going to look and try to list, try to find a merit for their behavior, try to figure out, you know, is there any reason why that person was doing what they were doing, that maybe we're missing something, or maybe there's more information that will help us. If we care about other people, if we care not to sin, then we're not gonna be so quick to just look what's on the surface and say, this is terrible. What this person is doing is wrong. And on Miriam, the same thing. On her level, she was so quick to judge Moshe and not maybe think that maybe Moshe is doing something proper. And, and the spies, the same thing. Quick to, to, to judge the land of Israel and say it's a terrible land without thinking into it more. And that's our job. It's a hard job, it's difficult. But when it comes to dealing with other people, it's not enough just to say, Oh, I saw this person, you know, um doing this sin or doing this inappropriate thing or acting this way. You gotta you gotta go beyond the surface to try to find out what's correct. So the first thing we learned from the Miraglan is that you gotta learn take a lesson. It's not enough just to live our life. We've got to take a lesson from all that's around us and improve ourselves based on what we see around us. The second thing we learn from the miracle not to do is not to just look at the surface level and see, oh, looks like the land's terrible because there's people dying. When we have the opportunity to look into it and work hard to find out what's going on beyond the surface, what's the reason behind all of the You know all the deaths and what's the reason why god is doing this and if we think about it maybe you'll come to some clarity you'll understand the situation better and it may not be what you thought at first and that's the difference between yoshua and kalev who were the spies that were said the land was you know that showed the land in a positive way they saw what they saw and they took the time to say maybe god is doing this for our own good they looked into it they thought about it they were trying to figure out how to make the land positive And that's again, the second thing I wanted to, um, that you learn from the spies not to do is that we have to, when we're trying to think about other people and talk about other people, we have to recognize that we have to see the whole situation, not just judge them right away without looking into it completely from all angles, trying to figure out honestly, honestly, why this person is doing what they're doing. Okay, let's go two more verses. Apostol verse 34. I'm sorry, I meant the next chapter, chapter 14, verse 34. So we got to go a little bit more. So, um, so they had, um, you know, God was not too happy with the spies. And of course, we, all re- we may remember that this story with the spies, the Jewish people, um, when the spies came back to the Jewish people was the night of Tisha B'Av, the night of the ninth of Av, the day that this temple was destroyed, this was the night of all tragedies or many of the tragedies that happened to the Jewish people throughout our history happened on the ninth of Av, starting with the Meraglin. God said, you cried for no reason. I'm going to make you cry for a good reason. And that will be the first temple's destruction and the second temple's destruction. And of course, the Spanish, in- Spanish Inquisition happened on the ninth of Av and um, I believe World War I started on Tisha B'Av. So there's many tragedies that happened to the world, especially the Jewish people on Tisha B'Av on the ninth of all started when the Jewish people cried on this night when the, when the spies came back. Yes, Michael?
2: Um, was it the uh, ninth nice of Av or the 17th of T- T- Tammuz uh, with uh, 8,000 yids from Gush, Gush Katif got expelled?
1: Oh really? Gush Katif happened on Tisha B'Av on the 17th of Tammuz?
2: It was either ninth of Av or 17th of Tammuz. It was on the on.
1: of Interesting, okay, thank you. Okay, so let's go now. So the Jewish people were punished terribly. There was a terrible plague. Anyone that was, um, anyone that was involved in the spies um, were killed um, in a plague. And then God told the Jewish people that there was gonna be something terrible that's gonna happen. That the Jewish people would not enter the land of Israel Right away, and they would have to stay in the desert. How long do they stay in the desert? Anyone know? Forty years. Forty years, exactly. Forty years in the desert. And this is this pasuk, verse thirty-four, chapter fourteen, verse thirty-four. Based on the number of these that you spied in the land, arba imyon, which was forty days, yom l'shana. Yom Lashana One day will be for every year. One day will be for every year. All that you will um, bear your sin, 40 years, and you will know um, um, you know what you did what you did um, wrong and you will bear your guilt. So so I have a
0: question. I have a yeah. question. I can understand the Miraglum being punished, except for Yeshua you know, and Caleb, okay? I can understand them being punished. But why, why do the people have to be punished along with them?
1: Because they cried. They cried, and they agreed to the spies and they accepted what they're saying. You're saying it's not their fault. They just heard what they heard and they, sh- and, they and they and they and they accepted that. And their
0: opinion their their opinions were swayed.
1: Right.
3: Yeah. No By the the, spies. I, I think they sent them out with bad opinion. And the people were guilty of charging them to go find negative, basically. They took these great people and said,
1: You go find some bad stuff because we don't really believe.
3: And okay. Think, that's I, a,
1: but that's not the meaning and the main sin was clearly the fact that they accepted the 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 and they cried about it. And I understand it's so a it's a good question, um, Leslie. That's a pretty
0: severe penalty to pay for something that right. um, maybe you weren't
1: yes. involved and in.
0: Your neighbors could have been involved, but even if your neighbors, it's a pretty severe
1: penalty. Yes, Leslie. And I'll tell you I'll tell you the truth. They didn't die during the plague. Right. The people, no, they, they died, died during the forty years. They died during the forty years because, right. on their but level, on their level, God cannot allow. Remember, these weren't young people; they could be hundred years old. You know, it was the earliest they. You know, the youngest. They, this is the people that died were for the, between the ages of twenty and sixty. So the youngest these people died were sixty. You know, you know they could have lived up. You know, up to 60. They were dead or, at
0: sixty. They, 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 if right. this was when they were 20, 40 years right. later,
1: they're right. sixty. Right. And what is a 20? No, no, no. But, the point, but I think, I believe the point is that besides for the sin that they did and the fact that they accepted and, and cried and didn't want to enter the land of Israel, besides for that, God did not want this Jewish people entering the land of Israel to be a group of people that did not fully want, fully, 100% want the land of Israel. He wanted the land of Israel to be given to a group of people that had 100% commitment to it. And when he saw that they were even slightly, perhaps slightly, swayed and were crying about it, they could not be the ones that brought the Jewish people into the land of Israel. And yes, we'll never know exactly, it's hard for us to ever know exactly why God punishes, but on their level, they were deserving of sin for crying, for not liking the land of Israel, but we also to recognize that God wanted them to enter the land of the Jewish people, a nation that would be one hundred percent confident in, in God's abilities to bring them and, and take care of them, and also one hundred percent positive about the land. And the second, you have people that are negative about the land; um, it cannot, it could, they cannot, they cannot enter. I just keep going
0: back to the fortieth level of tuma. They were all the way. Why doesn't he? These are the same people that he rise, Raises up. We, whatever you say will do, and then a, a couple of weeks later, they've gone back down again. I mean, it's worse yeah, than they stop. were
1: crying because they didn't want family purity. It's one of the hardest questions. If you read the Chumash, it is one of the hardest questions to read from the beginning of you know the beginning of Parsha Shemos when it talks about the Jewish people in slavery. And how they are saved, constantly saved by God, miracle mm-hmm. after miracle, the Exodus, the splitting of the sea, the receiving of the Torah, miracle after miracle, and then you read, starting with the ego with the golden calf, on to the complaining about the mun and complaining about the no-food, and the Korah's rebellion and the spies, and each and every one of the times Jewish people complained. It's just one question after another how could it be such great people could do such a thing but, I mean, and it's not only not that everybody and, of it's, course not, the, it,
0: it's not it's not every course. but yet everybody gets punished for right, right. It. so I I mean, this is to the, me a, I, that's I, that's I, that's, yeah.
1: that's already a, that's already a, an unbelievable um, you know um, concept that we have throughout the torah that when the jewish people have uh, not just the jewish people when there's when there's a decree from heaven We'll never understand this until you know, Mashiach comes or we get to heaven. But when there's a decree from heaven that you know, the entire world is going to have a tragedy, then, we, then God doesn't just say, okay, there's going to be you know, exceptions to the rule. You know, if the Jewish people are all deserving, anyone from 20 to 60 was supposed to be killed, even though there was going to be some people that were perhaps worthy based on their own merit, not be killed, but when there's a when there's decree for the entire community, then you know then everyone is judged together, and that's something that I, I don't have you know I don't know if I could um, okay to you okay you know but that's something that's up to you know that's something yeah. that I may understand, but that's that's part of the concept. But but there's a very important question: how you know if you read all these stories, it seems like the Jewish people are so bad. So we have to remember that it's a lot of times it was the ear of Rav, the people that really were right. Egyptians. And a lot of times we're talking about sins that on their level were so much new, but the Torah makes it seem like it's a big thing. Right, exactly. And again, even in the Navi, even in the prophets, there was times the Jewish people sinned terribly throughout our history. So, you know, we have to understand it and we have to understand, you know, there, you know, the greater the person, the the more he hates their heart, the more evil inclination a person has. There's a lot of concepts in, at hand, but the point is we have to learn the lessons from their, you know, on their level, what they sinned with, but of course on our level, which is much lower, we could learn the same lessons. And, um, you know, I wanted to do more, but it was nice to have all the discussions and questions and they were all good questions. But the two con- two points that I do want to um definitely bring out that we discussed tonight is that we always have to learn from our surroundings we don't learn how to improve based on our lives we Mm -hmm. have to see what god has done and try to improve be someone that learns from history learn from our own sins how to improve learn from other people's sins and not only that we have to see the world positively to look and try to figure out this person's doing something wrong is he really doing something wrong Let's try to be positive. Let's try to look for the good in other people. Let's try to look beyond the surface, not like the Miraglin who saw people dead and said, okay, it's tragedy. The land, the land of Israel is terrible. Let's try to be greater than that on our level and try to see the good in others and not gossip about others. Okay, um, maybe um, we will be able a different time to learn more about the parsha but that, but it was, it was nice um, to discuss these concepts cool with. Uh, have a wonderful night and a wonderful Shabbos and be well. Thank you.